Good morning, church. That song makes a lot of sense with the lesson this morning and the lilies of the field. It, the understanding of the lily that they grow everywhere. Jesus is everywhere. And we're thankful to our great God who has blessed us in so many ways. It's great to see you here this morning, both members and visitors alike, those who are online. We praise God for your attendance. Please go together to God in a word of prayer. Our great and masterful, wonderful Heavenly Father, hallowed be your great and amazing name. We give unto you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. And we thank you for all that you've done and for all that you do and for all that you will do. We thank you for Jesus, your great Son, in whom you have so willingly sent to die on that cruel, cruel cross of Calvary that we may live. We thank you for your wonderful Holy Spirit who dwells in us. We thank you, Lord God, for your mercy and for your grace. And this morning, as we worship you, we ask that you will bless our minds to be pure, to restrain ourselves from worldly thought, to keep our minds captivated on your word, to learn and to grow and to commune, to fellowship one with another, and Lord God, is fellowship with you. These things we ask and pray and thank you for in that wonderful name of Jesus Christ would be thy will. Amen. Many have searched uh, deep and wide to find a cure to anxiety and, and worry. Not, not clinical, just what we, we struggle with on a regular and a daily basis. In Matthew 6, it teaches us that a cure, one of the cures, if you will, for anxiety, for anxiousness, can actually be found in in a flower, in, in, in the lily. And Jesus says to examine the lily. And, and, and you know, years ago when I first looked at this, this thought of the scriptures and, and the lily, and I thought, you know, Jesus said examine the lily. And then I wonder, well, how come you haven't examined the lily? So tonight, or today, this morning rather, we're going to look at some ideas and think about the lily. Not a wildflower, or rather a wildflower and not a weed. And that's really important. Lilies are perennial plants who grow all over the world. And this is without the aid of men. The message of Jesus regarding anxiety and the lily it works all over the world for every one of us, of all mankind. And here's what we know. We know that God values man more than a flower, more than a, a lily. But he uses the lily to teach us a valuable lesson. God's providential care goes further in humans than all other of his creation. Matthew chapter 6. I want to look at verse 25. For this reason I say to you, do not be anxious for your life as to what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor for your body as to what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet 
Your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? We'll come back to this. Lilies. Lilies grow in in all shapes and sizes and colors. Some fat, some skinny, some tall. The lily grows in land, water, everywhere. And yet wherever they are, it is God who takes care of them. God. He's demonstrating His personal providential care. Jesus in Matthew 6 points to the lily but he's not talking about lilies necessarily. He's talking about worry and anxiety and he's speaking to us. And he asks turn to Psalm 139 please. He asks why are you so worried? This lesson, if you will, follows the, we've been looking at, uh, you know, not giving up. We're talking about the struggles that we've gone through. Continuing in faith. Jesus asks, why are you so worried, church? It's a great question. Verse 13. For thou didst form my inward parts. Thou didst weave me in my mother's womb. And I will give thanks to thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are thy works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from thee when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Thine eyes have seen my unformed substance, and the, in thy book they were all written of me. The days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. God is intimately acquainted with his creation. Us. He knows us completely fully. Matthew 6 he says, look at the lily. Look at the lily. And then ask yourself, why are you worried? If I can put a a lily, a flower, in various places and take care of it, don't you know I know you better and more intimately and I'm concerned with you? Listen again, verse 25, Matthew 6. Jesus says, For this reason I say to you, Do not be anxious for your life as to what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor for your body as to what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, neither do they reap, nor gather in the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single cubit to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. And your Heavenly Father takes care of them. Look at Matthew 8, verse 25. And he came to him 
and awoke him saying, Save us, Lord. We are perishing. This is a test for the disciples. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and it became perfectly calm. And the men marveled, saying, What kind of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? You say, Preacher, wait, you missed verse 26. No, no, I didn't. We missed verse 26. Amen? Let's go back and read it. And he said to them, Why are you timid, you men of little faith? Look at the lily. Look at chapter 14, verse 28. 14, verse 28. Another scene on the water. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Faith. Faith. How is your faith? Look at the lily. Look at the lilies. Matthew chapter 16, verse 6. Jesus said to them, Watch out and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they began to discuss among themselves, saying, Is it because we took no bread? But Jesus, aware of this, said, You men of little faith, why do you discuss among yourselves that you have no bread? Where's your faith this morning, church? Matthew 17, verse 20. And he said to them, Because of the littleness of your faith, Truly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it shall move and nothing shall be impossible to you. To help increase our faith, what did Jesus say? Look at the lilies of the field. Examine them. You know, lilies, they spring up where man has not planted them. They bring beauty to the strangest of landscapes. God does beautiful things according to the riches of His grace and that without the intervention of humanity. And an easy comparison can be made between a wildflower like like the lily and uh, salvation. Well, how is that possible? Because God works in places and environments that we would never expect Him to. God works on the heart. 
Sometimes, maybe you have been guilty of this, where you, you walk around and you, you, you talk to people about Jesus and you start thinking to yourself, oh, these folks will never come to Christ. And how wrong you ever were, right? You ever been there before? God works on the hearts of mankind. John chapter 4, please, in verse 35. He works in the strangest places. He works on every one of us. Every individual soul is important to God. In verse 35, do not say, or do you not say, that there are four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields that they are white for harvest. Already he who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life. That he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. I'm going to challenge you today, this morning. Maybe there's someone that you've been just just itching to talk to about Jesus, look at the lily. Let God, believe that God, through your prayers, have worked on their hearts. Lilies grow in the strangest environments on the earth. The snowdon lily grows in the alpine tundra, uh, which is a climate that is similar to uh, the polar climate. And if you look closely at the lily, And you examine the beauty. And you notice, you know, that's a pretty flower that God has made. Then you have the desert lilies. Desert lilies. A a flower in the desert, yes. The desert lily. They're just as beautiful. And they're a gorgeous display of the beauty of God. Of the kindness of God of God. And they grow in hard and harsh climates, cold climates. They grow in hot climates. They grow everywhere, even among the thorns. And it's God who takes care of them. It's God who causes them to grow. And we might look at the lily and say, there's nothing impossible with God. God can grow flowers in every single environment. Turn the song of Solomon, please. The Song of Solomon. God can make beautiful things that you and I have never worked on come to life. God does this for us. God can work in places and in ways that we would never expect Him to. Salvation. Think about salvation. Song of Solomon 2, uh, beginning at verse, at verse 1. I am the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valleys, like a lily among the thorns, so is my darling among the maidens. The rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. So it has been proven that the lily of the valley is good for the heart. Scientists who study the chemical composition of plants will tell you that the lily of the valley produces a substance called convalotoxin. And convalotoxin is used for acute and chronic heart failure. The lily is good medicine for the heart. You know, it is more than coincidental 
you will. It is through God's divine direction that the lily of the valley produces a medicine for the narrowing of the arteries of the heart. It is good for the heart. And Jesus, by way of inspiration, says, I am the lily of the valley. You get it? You see what he's trying to tell us? He's trying to teach us something. I'm good for you. Medical science, they found that, that, you know, that worry and stress, it, it does cause a narrowing of the arteries of the heart. So what, what we could say in essence is, we need Jesus. Amen. We need Jesus because worry is terrible for the heart. Anxiety, anxiousness. Matthew 6 teaches us. To have a healthy heart, one must be free from anxiety, stress, and worries. God gives us a solution. He says, faith. Turn back to Matthew chapter 6. Faith is the victory. Faith is the victory. And you say, preacher, you've been telling us not to give up. And you've encouraged us not to give up. And you looked at scriptures about not giving up. Give us some advice. Help us to learn. Help us. Give us something practical. I'll say, go out into the field. And pick you a lily. And examine it. And recognize the providential care of God for a flower. And then recognize how much more valuable that you are to God than that beautiful flower that is in your hands. Verse 26. Look at the birds of the air that they do not sow, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? Kind of getting what Jesus is saying to us. If he's in control and I give my life to him, you fill in the rest of the blanks. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single cubit to his lifespan? We're going to solve the world's problems, brethren, by worrying and being anxious about it. It's going to fix it all. We're going to extend life and everything. It's not going to happen. And why are you anxious about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. So Jesus, in his question of why do you worry, he might come up with an answer like, where's your faith? Where's your faith, Tony? God waters the lilies. He provides them with the necessary nutrients. Lilies are, are blessed and gracious provision of an all-powerful God. 
And though the lily is short-lived, think about this. This is what you, I need you to get this. God gives them such beauty and care and genius. And when you examine the lily, you, you say, what a beautiful flower. But what I want you to get is, if God would put so much care and energy into something like a lily, that really is just a throwaway. I mean, they live and they die and they have short lives. They just, but they grow again. They're perennial and they just, but if God would put so much energy and effort into a lily, into a flower, how much energy and effort do you think he puts into us? And then I ask, how much energy and effort does he want to put into us? But we, we say, God, that's, that's enough. Not all of thee and some of me, Lord, just some of thee. And a little more of me. I'm just not ready for that, Lord. Faith. How many of us have thrown our faith away? Faith. You are, God says, worth much more than they. How many of us believe that? He said, oh, preacher, I believe that. How many of us live as if we believe that? Very different question, isn't it? Listen, if you will, to verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than a bird, than they and birds are not lazy. In fact, you know, birds are always busy. They're always doing something. They're digging for worms. They're trying to catch their prey. They're snatching bugs. They're here. They're there. They're doing this. They're padding their nests. But Jesus says, I need you to recognize something about the animal kingdom. God feeds them. So you look at National Geographic and you will... Turn to Job 38, please. You you will never hear them say, you know, as the lion is seeking its prey, it is God who will provide it for him. But it is God who tells us that I feed the animals. I feed the birds. Look at the lily. Look at the birds. I am in control. I've got them covered. Does he have my life covered? Job 38 in verse... 41, speaking of God, who prepares for the raven its nourishment when its young cry to God and wander about without food. It's not necessarily personification because they're alive. But think about that for just a moment, that that young bird, that chick, that whatever, calls to God and says, can you help me? Think about that. Psalm 145, in verse 15. Do we cry to God for our daily bread? Oh, no, preacher, we have a whole loaf. Oh, no, preacher, we have a freezer full of food. We don't have to cry to God. It's almost like that prayer, Matthew 6, that was in our devotional. That prayer, Matthew 6, really doesn't apply when it comes to God give us our daily bread. 
Because we have bread for months and food for sometimes even a year with the salmon. Psalm 145 and verse 15. The eyes of all look to thee, and thou dost give them their food in due time. This is about the Lord's sustenance. Verse 16. Thou dost open thy hand and dost satisfy the desire of every living thing. Does he? Does God really do that for us? Psalm 147. Verse 9, he gives to the beast his food and to the young ravens which cry. The birds, if the birds could talk, birds would say, you say, well, some birds can talk. Yeah, I know. They would say, God is a merciful provider today. And tomorrow. If birds could deliver a message to us, they might say, as they say, we don't hoard things. Because we know that when the sun comes up tomorrow, God will be there to provide for us. If birds could talk, they might say, God is merciful to all of his children. And the most significant difference, if you will, if you're looking at a difference between a disciple of Jesus and a bird, is that we have the capacity to honor our God. We have a choice. This morning, what choice have you made? We have a choice. God values us. God loves us. God is watching over us. We can count on God to provide for us. Every single one of us. All over the world. And at the exact same time. Back to Matthew just to close this lesson out. Brethren, why worry if God truly has my life in the palm of His hands? And if God is the God of the universe, and if God is in complete and total control, what is left to worry about? Verse 25. For this reason I say to you, do not be anxious for your life as to what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor for your body as to what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, neither do they reap, nor gather in the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single cubit to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Observe 
how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. This morning, perhaps you've been trying to live your life on your own, in control of yourself. The lack of the need of God doesn't work, does it? This morning, if you remember the church, and we can pray with you, pray for you, we invite you. This morning, if you're not a child of God, it just doesn't work. Not like it's supposed to. Not the way it's designed to when it comes to trust and belief in Jesus. But you come by faith, believing his word that you've heard over and over again throughout the years of your life. Having repentance in your heart, godly sorrow. Confessing his name before men, being baptized, immersed in water for the remission of your sins. Will today be the day that you give it all, all to God? The lesson is yours. God bless each and every one of you. If we can help in any way, please come while together we stand and sing our song of invitation.